So we have, uh, most every week we pray for a specific uh, church, another part of the body of Christ. Boomerang is a part of the body of Christ, but every week we try to recognize we're not the only one. So for the last couple weeks, generally we pick out another church, but for the last couple weeks we've been praying for uh, the whole body of Christ surrounding Stanley County and Albemarle. And I, wanna, I feel like we should do that again. And particularly, let's agree together because what's happening next week at the, the one service where we get together and worship, that's going to be a really big and important deal. And so let's lift up that service today and let's pray uh, for the body of Christ as a whole in this area, okay? Will you agree with me? So, Father, right now, we just lift up the body of Christ in Albemarle and Stanley County. And, Lord, as we come together, your word says so clearly, I mean, you command us, Lord, to be in unity. This is a part of your command. And so, Lord, as we move into unity, right now, we're going to be in unity as we start praying towards the unity and, and the worshiping you that will happen next week and praying over your body, not just us, but others, Lord. Father, we praise you for that opportunity. We just pray for that service, Lord, that it will be the best. Your will, may your will be done in that one service, Lord, just like it is in heaven. Father, we just ask that, that we would be in unity. Your word says that as we are in unity, the world starts to believe. Lord, let the world believe because this body in this area starts to unify in Jesus. Lord, let, let us go to more levels, new levels, higher levels of your unity and your love next week in that service. Let it begin right now, Lord, in ways uh, that are beyond our imagination, more than we can ask or think. Lord, let your unity and your love be poured out in this body in Albemarle and Stanley County. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we had a, uh, before we get into the, the message, uh, Stephen had a word that he got during the worship, and I want to read it to you a couple of times. It says this, Happy New Year to you, first of all. And we are, it is 2015, right? Just checking. All right, good. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on time. 2015 is the year that Boomerang, as a body, will go after God. This is a word from the Lord, we believe. Not just the leadership, the body will go after God. And God is a rewarder of those that seek Him. And so this is God saying this. So watch this. <laughs> Amen? Now listen to this again. 2015 is the year that Boomerang, as a body, will go after God. Not just the leadership, the body. And God is a rewarder of those that seek Him. So watch this. Amen? Amen. Now, what you should do with that, that's a promise for your year in 2015. It may be talking to the body, but you can receive it individually and as a body. So what you should do is you should hear that word, meditate on it, think on it, let the Lord build your faith around that and br bring you into places where you look back and go, look what God did. <laughs> we watched him do some stuff and it was awesome. Amen? Yeah. All right. So you can turn to Psalm 65 and verse 11. Have you ever had a year 
maybe it was 2014, that you were glad it was gone. <laughs> Have you ever had a year... Uh, for me, kind of, that was 2014, matter of fact. But have you ever had one of those years you got to the end of it and you just went, I just don't feel like that was the year that I thought it was supposed to be. There, I feel like there could have been, should have been more, right? Have you ever had a time where you just said, God, I just I know God's got more for me, but I don't feel like I'm stepping into it. I don't feel like I'm receiving it. I mean, because when I think of God, I think of some pretty great stuff. And matter of fact, he says his stuff, he wants his stuff to manifest in your life so much that it goes beyond what you ask or think. Well, I can think of some pretty big stuff. And I know that I haven't always received all of that. I haven't always moved into that. I haven't always had that. Well, how do you think that just because God plans it and wants it for you, that you'll have it? The answer is no. You know why? Because God planned and he wants salvation for everybody too. But everybody doesn't have it. We are in a partnership with God. We're in a partnership where we say, okay, Lord, we have a role to play. Now, you already know what's going to happen, but that doesn't mean that what's going to happen is what you want. What's going to happen is based off of how do we partner up with God? How do we respond to the plans that he has for us? You know, there's a whole lot of people, we're talking about getting into this uh, in a series later on this year, how to be led by God. You know, there's a whole lot of people, even in church, they really don't know what God has planned for them. You know, they might know that it's good stuff. They might know that it's, you know, they might know Jeremiah. You know, I know the plans I have for you, good plans to give you a future and a hope. They might know that, but they don't really know the details of it. They don't know, all right, what, what's your plan for me this year? You know? Our leadership, just this past week, we spent a couple of days, and that's exactly what we did. We went to the Lord. Lord, what do you have planned for us? And I'll tell you, it's pretty awesome stuff. You know, it's some good stuff that came out of me. It's awesome. Really, really good. So God's got some good stuff planned for you that we already know about, but there's even more individually. Well, we need to learn how to hear from God, but then we also need to learn what do we do with that? What do we do with that information? This word that you just got a few minutes ago. What do we do with that? And what you do with it determines whether or not you walk into it and you, you have those things manifest in your life. What you do with that word. You know, there's a lot of times God has a word for you. He's got so many promises in this word, but the, the promises either happen or don't happen based off of how you receive them. He had a promise called his son Jesus and it either you're either walking in it or not walking in it based off of did I receive that promise did I apply faith towards what God said and this year God has this if you didn't if you weren't here this morning for the 10 o'clock class it was the first uh, I would say real message that God had given me for 2015 and it was it was great <laughs> It was talking about, it'll be on the website later on this afternoon, it was talking about be the light. 
And it is, when we were actually praying over 2015, we felt like a theme for the whole year was going to be for each of us, for Boomerang itself, and for each of us to be the light. Not just talk about the light, be the light. Matter of fact, one of the scriptures we have here is going to talk about that. I really highly encourage you to go back and watch that, be the light. Because it'll set up something in you. There was, it was, there's something in that, that this morning. It was strong. You're going to get a piece of it here in a minute. But we have to see that when God has a word for you, just because he has a word doesn't mean that thing's going to happen for you. You now have a responsibility to grab a hold of that word and do something with it. Otherwise, it will just lay flat. You remember what he told Joshua? He said, if you will meditate in my word day and night, then, now this is, this is what he told Joshua, then you will make your way prosperous. You will make your way prosperous based off of how you treat that word. Then you will make your way prosperous. So, a friend of mine sent me a happy new year and sent me this verse in Psalm 6511, and it really spoke to me, and I thought you needed to hear it this, this morning because I believe this is a word for you for this year. Talking about the Lord. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. I don't know about you, but I need a harvest. And I need it to be bountiful. Because without God's harvest in my life, it really falls flat. I need God in my life. I need God just to, to live a decent life. But listen, it says this, the Word tells us this, that it's out of your overflow that you're able to bless other people, to give into other people's lives. It's out of your overflow. Let me tell you this, the people in your life and around you, they need you to have a bountiful harvest because it's out of your harvest that the light excuse me, that the light of God will shine or not shine. So this is a word for us. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. You, even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Have you ever had hard pathways in your life? And it's like, man, that, this just needs to go away. <laughs> I, I don't like this. I've had some of those myself. And you know what I need in those hard pathways? I need even when I'm going... Th because you know what? You're going to have trials and tribulation. You're going to have hard pathways. You're going to have... If you're doing your job as an ambassador, you're going to have ground to break for the kingdom. You're going to have it. But you know what we need in the middle of that while we're doing that? See, it doesn't have to... Uh, it may be a hard pathway and everybody else may look at it and say that it's a hard pathway... But in Jesus, it can still be in your eyes and in reality, your reality, easy and light. Because his yoke is easy, his burden is light. And so we can go through and break up what everybody else is calling hard ground, be on those hard pathways, and yet they still overflow with abundance. Because we know who God is. We know his promises. And we know how to receive those promises and have them become a reality in our lives. 
So right now, let's just look at this, and, and you just agree with me. I'll lead the way. You just agree with me. Just open up your heart to this. This is a, this is a word for you, for your year. And just receive this with me. Lord, you crown my year with a bountiful harvest. I receive a bountiful harvest over this year, over 2015. I won't forget this. As the year goes on and, and I face hard pathways, Lord, I know that even in the hard pathways, you are going to overflow it with abundance. There's no reason for me to think otherwise because this is a promise from you. This is a promise from you. And so even when I am in those situations that feel like they're hard, I'm not even looking at the hard. I'm looking at what are you about to do? I'm looking at that other word you gave me this morning. Watch this. Lord, I receive that. I receive a year of bountiful harvest. And Lord, I receive that even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Amen. Amen. And that's what you do with the Word of God. Except you don't just do it one time. You continue going back to it. You should write this down. You should maybe put this scripture up in front of you on your bathroom mirror. You should put it up. You should have it in front of you that you remember it. You meditate on it day and night and say, this is what's happening. It doesn't matter what the devil's trying to present to me is happening. This is what's actually happening because this is the Word of the Lord. I receive this over what I see with my eyes. My job as a believer is not to walk by sight, but to walk by faith. And my faith is in who God is and what He said. Amen? Alright. Isaiah, be the light for 2015. Do you realize that you either are the light or you aren't the light based off of how you receive stuff like this? Look, if you receive this in your life, Will it look like your life is lit up to others? Yes. And you either are the light or aren't the light based off of how you said that, how you received this. These kind of promises. Well, the, the Bible was full of these kind of promises. And God means really good stuff. He says, look, if you've tasted of me, this is uh, first or second Peter in the second chapter. I think it's first Peter two. It says, if you've tasted of me and see, you'll know I'm good. I'm good. I know the plans I have for you. Good plans. He said he preached the gospel. Listen, the gospel. This is Galatians 3.8. He, God himself, preached the gospel to Abraham ahead of time. And he said, in you will all the nations be blessed. In you. He... God's stuff, you know, the gospel, you know, the one we want to ram down people's throats sometimes, you know, the gospel is actually good news. It means good news. It means good news because it is good. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, God is not holding the world's sins against them. Thank you, Lord, because if you were, I would be in a mess. But see, a lot of times people have trouble with the love of God being too much that they're like, well, if you tell people that God's not holding their sins against them, they'll just go and sin more. Well, unbelievers may do that, but a believer, he says, we love because we were loved. You are, you are not putting enough thought and enough meditation on how powerful the love of God is. I can tell you when I received his love in that kind of way, it finally empowered me to walk out of the sin. 
Whereas I had trying to be trying to walk out of the sin all my life and I was struggling and toiling when I finally just received the love of God. Faith worketh by love or faith empowers love. That's when I was empowered to actually step out of the stuff that had bound me up for so long. It's the power of God's love. It's good news. So when you receive the words like this and you receive the good things of God and the promises of God, your life starts to shine because whether you know it or not, there's people watching you <laughs> all the time. There's people watching your life. I, I, I think we'll be amazed when we get up to heaven and see how many pairs of eyes were on us. I think we might be a little bit horrified at one point too because like, woo, who was watching that? Well, let me tell you, God was the whole thing. And your life is either giving him love back or not. Your life is either shining or not. One of the things we said over the weekend is every decision you make, it's either turning the light up or turning the light down. And I'm not just talking about decisions you make in here. I'm talking about how you treat the, the cash, uh, uh, the register attendant at the grocery store. It either turns the light of God up in your life or turns it down. And we are this year to be the light. How you receive this turns the light up or it turns it down. These things make your life glow with the glory of God and either you receive them or you don't. So we're talking this morning, how do we enter into this new year and let our lives shine like God has designed the plan for this year to shine in your life. What do we do? So let's look at it. Isaiah 60 verse 1. Arise Jerusalem. Notice this is command. Now he's talking to, in this part of Isaiah, he's not just talking to Jerusalem, he's talking to the people of God, including you as Christians. There's, Isaiah is talking to Old Covenant uh, people of God up to about chapter 40, 45, and after that it talks to New Jerusalem. It's talking to you who have received Christ. Arise Jerusalem. In other words, listen, this is a command. Wake up. Get up. I'm telling you something to do. This is not something that we should say, well, maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. No, this is a command. This is a command. All right. Let, this is part of the command, let your light shine for all to see. Well, what light are you talking about? I don't feel like I got any light sometimes. I feel pretty down in the dumps. You got some light. Keep reading. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. The purpose of God, the purpose of His glory, one of them at least, is to rise to shine on you. And not only is it going to, it says this, it already has. The glory of the Lord rose to shine on you through Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. We entered into an age of grace where the glory of the Lord is always present and willing to shine on your life. Why? So that you will light up. That you will light up. And our command is, see, just because the glory has risen doesn't mean that I'm allowing it to light me up. There's things I've got to do. We, we just, uh, in the 10 o'clock class, we were talking about this. If I was in the middle of a house in a closet with no windows and the sun was shining outside, how silly would it be for me to say, I just wish, wish the sun would shine in my life. 
I just wish things would get better. Look, we're in an age of grace. The sun is shining. Get out in it, bask in it, and let it shine. And you can do it right now by simply saying, Jesus, help. That will do it. Jesus' help is stepping out of the closet, throwing the curtains back, running out the door, and basking in the glory of God. Because it's already done, it's already finished, it is pronounced, the light is shining on your life. The glory of the Lord has risen, and it shines on you. Verse 2, darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. It doesn't say that darkness isn't there. It says that even in the middle of the darkness, there's a promise for you. The glory is risen over your life. Verse 3, now look at this. All nations will come to your light. Now it's talking about God's light in you. You can't do this without God. It don't work that way. But he's saying, as you make the decisions to let his glory shine on you, you start producing a light of God. And it says this, all nations will come to you. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance as you allow God to be God in your life. You get out of the closet of despair, discouragement, normal living, the rut of life. Well, 2013 stunk, 2014 stunk, so 2015 is going to stink too. Well, you can stay in your closet without any windows or you can go outside. And, and all of us have felt that way at some point. And we got to say, I ain't staying in the closet no more. I ain't staying in the dark. There's a light and it has risen on me. His name is Jesus. And I will receive every beam, every photon of that light in my life. I will receive every bit of life that that light brings to me. And I will shine for His glory. I will shine for His glory. That's what you have the choice to do in 2015. Now let's enter it correctly and let's see how. 1 Corinthians 13.13 says this, Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Now let me just put it to you this way. Uh, we, I, this is one of my favorite verses. We could stay here on this verse and camp out for a long, long time. And, and I'm telling you, a part of me wants to do that. But the Holy Spirit's telling me to move on. So, it's a, look, what it's saying is these three things, they're going to last. They're going to stand. So there's a power in faith, hope, and love that we need to tap into. These are, hey, have you ever had things in your life and you're like, oh, I got these great, great plans. It's going to be awesome. Watch how all this stuff happens. And you start out in it and it goes, right? And just falls to nothing. I've had plenty of those. But when we go into faith, hope, and love, guess what? That's not going to happen. Because God said and made this promise, His word is true, it will produce what He says. It will accomplish what He sends it to do. His word says, faith, hope, and love, these things will stand. We need to be operating in faith, hope, and love. So let's look at these things for a minute. In Hebrews 11.1, it says this, Faith is the confidence that we hope for that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance 
about things we cannot see. Amen. Now, faith is the confidence. Uh, another way to say that is faith is the support. It supports that. It, it brings the evidence to pass. But if you look at this, we're going to start with hope and then look at faith, and then look at love, and then we're going to look at how it applies to our year. First of all is this, faith is the confidence, and here, listen to this, that what we hope for will actually happen. Now, in America, hope really has turned into luck. And it's like, well, I hope you do all right this year. And in other words, what we're saying is, maybe it will Maybe it won't. I hope it falls to your side. That's what hope has become. But that is not Bible hope. That's not what that, that is talking about. That definition right there of that word hope is a joyful, confident expectation. That means when we actually get into hope, we will be joyful. We will be happy. We will, we will have the joy of the Lord because we, it's that much of a reality to us. We will be confident, and we will be expectant. Okay, that's what that hope is. So, what we say is this. Faith is the confidence that what we joyfully, confidently expect will actually happen. Now, what things should we as Christians be believing will actually happen? Well, what we believe should actually happen would be the things that we know will happen because of the word of the Lord. So we should see a word of the Lord or a promise either in the word or through the Holy Spirit and we should say, if God said that, that is going to happen and we should start to allow our hope to rise up. Now, I've done some teaching on hope and, and I, I even was talking about hope with somebody years ago and they... and I, Here's where our society has gone to. Our society has gotten so far off track and off the word, I even had Christians that will say, well, don't give them too many promises, Brian. You don't want to get their hopes up. Now, I don't know about you, but I've said that before. Don't get your hopes up. My God, if we don't have hope, what do we have in Christ? If we don't have hope, why are you sitting here? And if you don't have hope and you really want some, then you're in the right place. Because I'm going to tell you about it right now. Because Jesus is worthy of getting your hopes up. Because he tells us in Romans that hope, when we really get in true Bible kind of hope, hope will not disappoint. Amen? That's what he says. Now here's the thing about hope. Joy. Joyful, confident expectation. When I get in hope and I see that thing that God promised and I know I'm going to have it, then all of a sudden, if I really believe, and I use this analogy and I'll try to go through it quick. Let's say that, uh, uh, let's say that Mr. Stephen is a very, 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 very wealthy man. Amen. <laughs> he said, I agree. Let's do say that. We receive it, don't we? Amen. Let's say that he is, he is my good friend. Amen. And, and, and let's say that he's trustworthy. All right? Man, we'd all die down there. What happened, Stephen? <laughs> They're like, no, keep talking about the money. That's what, all right. I get it. I get it. All right. But let's say that he's trustworthy. That's more important than the money part. All right? So let's say that he's trustworthy. 
And let's say that Stephen told me, and he was not pulling my leg, and it wasn't April 1st. Let's say that he told me, I sent you a package, overnight UPS mail. It will be at your house tomorrow, and inside of that is a check made out to you for $1 million. And it's yours. I don't care what you do with it, right? Now look, if, I, if he's not trustworthy, then what am I going to do? I'm be like, great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for trying to get my hopes up. Well, the word says this. It says, God is faithful. He's trustworthy. And when he makes a promise, it will happen. When he says you're healed, he means you're healed. Now, how you treat that determines whether or not you receive that in your life or not. Here's the thing. I've got to be home to sign this, to get this package. If I don't trust him, first of all, am I joyful? But if I do trust him, party at the right house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm happy, right? That had to be the Holy Ghost because I ain't got that in me, right? So (laughs) I'm happy, right? Now here's the thing. I'm joyful. I'm happy. (laughs) amen well you know what the promises of God should make us want to dance they should be that real to us I'm I'm pretty happy if I believe it and guess what else I am I'm confident I'm confident that package is going to be there when he said it was and it's going to contain what he said it was going to contain I have a confidence because if somebody came back to me and they're like he ain't going to send you that check check You don't know Stephen. God ain't going to heal you. You don't know God. God's not going to provide for you. You don't know God. God's not going to restore you, protect you. You know, He's not. He's not going to bring all that stuff salvation brings to you. I'm sorry, you don't know God. I'm not saying that you got to tell somebody that. You can just say, "Smile." You know, how nice. You know. But if I really believe, and I trust, and I'm going to be in joy, I'm going to be in confidence. Uh, if I'm in confidence, am I going to be home tomorrow when the UPS is supposed to run? Oh yeah. We, we're taking a day off, we're staying at the house, we ain't going to miss UPS. We're going to do what it takes because we're confident. Now here's the other thing. Let's say that I checked the tracking number and about 2 o'clock it says UPS is going to be here about 2 o'clock. Well, what happens at about 1.55? I'll be like this. I'll be like... Looking through the blinds. When he, when's he going to get here? UPS better be on time because we're going straight to the bank. <laughs> Cashing this thing quick. Right? That's hope. If I really trust God, I will be joyful, confident, and in expectation. If you really trust God and have hope on those promises that we've already said, you'll read those promises and you'll instantly have joy, confidence, and expectation. Man, this thing, 2015 is going to be a good year. He's going to crown me. He's going to crown this year with a bountiful harvest. All right.
Now you're getting it. Because this is the reason why you hadn't received some stuff in the past. We've got to have hope. Hope will last. Okay? Now, here's the thing. It says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. So in other words, here's the promise, right? Here's the promise right here. This is what we're hoping for. This is what we're in joy over. This is what we're confidently expecting. This is it, that this will manifest. That 2015, we will be the light. That in 2015, those, uh, that year will be crowned with a bountiful harvest. That's what we're hoping for. It does not come to pass without hope, and it doesn't come to pass without faith, because faith is the support that what we hoped for will happen. So the first thing you've got to have is something to hope for. The second thing you've got to have is something that will support it and make it come to pass. It gives us faith, gives us assurance about things we cannot see. In other words, I can't look into June uh, 20th of 2015 and see exactly what can happen with my eyes yet, with my physical eyes. But with my spiritual eyes, I can say that's a part of 2015. That's a part of the year of bountiful harvest is going to be good. So I've got to be able to see it with my visual eyes so that things I can't see in the flesh will manifest in the flesh when we get there. I've got to be able to see with my spiritual eyes. See with eyes of faith. If you can imagine this, hope is the light bulb, right? And it's there the whole time, but it's not shining yet. Maybe your life is there. It isn't shining yet. But as you get hope on that, and, and here's maybe when I told you that promise earlier, your hope didn't rise up in joyful, confident expectation. That's why you meditate on it. Because when you meditate on the promise, there's a period of time something happens inside of us, and all of a sudden you read that same scripture again, and all of a sudden it goes, it becomes what's called rhema. It becomes an alive word to you. It becomes alive to you. And all of a sudden, you read it for that 12th, 14th time. You spend time on it. You meditate. Then you read it for the next time, and all of a sudden, that promise goes, boom, and takes life inside of you. And then all of a sudden, you got joy. This thing's mine. A year of bountiful harvest, it's, it's mine. This promise, I, I, I don't know if you got it, but it's for you too. But I can tell you, inside of me, I got a hold of this thing. I got a hold of it. That's when hope comes alive. Now, it's not manifested yet. It, we've now got to apply faith to it. Lord, I apply. By faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. It's Hebrews 6.12. So we apply a belief that, look, that thing, you know the word says in Ephesians 1.3, it says that you have already received every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. It's already yours. And if you understand the relationship between the spirit and the, and the flesh or the, or the spiritual and the natural, you'll understand that everything that's natural has a spiritual root. So when you know how to receive the spiritual promise, the spiritual blessing, you can get the natural to manifest that. That's how God works. And so when that promise becomes yours and you give it hope, now we see with eyes of faith, let's say that hope, that what we need to come on is the light bulb, then over here, faith is the thing that flips the switch. 
Faith says, I'm giving that light bulb the, the support to shine. I'm giving that promise the support through faith to be. All right? But that doesn't mean that when I flip the switch, there's power at the switch. Because if there's no power at the switch, bulb still ain't going to shine. And so you've got to have one more thing, and that's love. It says faith works by love, or I could say it this way, faith is empowered by love. Well, love, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in just a second, but love is basically hearing from God, being obedient to God, saying, all right, I'm not just going to believe this promise just because it's a good promise. That's where a lot of people get messed up. That's where you hear people that talk about like prosperity gospel. God really does want you to prosper. It's all, prosper. It's all through his word. The difference is people will see that and they'll get outside of love and start believing for prosperity when God didn't tell them to believe for that thing. In other words, it's, I can believe that my life is prosperous, but if I, if I decide for myself without going after God and saying, well, this year he wants to give me a Lamborghini, you know, right? Well, now I'm outside of God. Am I in love? No, because I didn't hear that from him. I just wanted it for my flesh. Well, is that thing going to be empowered? At the very least, it's going to be off because it's outside of the plan of God. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't want to give you a Lamborghini either. I'm just saying that whatever we do, look, Jesus only said what he heard the Father say, and he only did what he saw the Father do. And if Jesus himself needed to act that way, how much more do you need to? We need to hear from God, we need to see what He wants done, and then we need to do those things. And when we seek Him first, not that stuff, but seek Him first, then He'll add all that stuff to us. And then He will give you a promise that you can put hope into and have faith on. And now, because He's told you that promise, and He's led you to that promise, and you're receiving it, you're receiving it in love, there's power behind the switch, and all of a sudden, the thing that we hoped for becomes flesh. The promise becomes manifested. This year, in 2015, you have the opportunity to be the light of God. Part of that being the light is letting God bring a bountiful harvest into your life in this year. It's what He wants to do. He wants to shine on you and in you and through you, for all the world to see, not your glory, His glory. But it takes something from us, partnering with God, working with Him, and giving Him some hope that He can light up with His love. So we've got to see the promises of God, seek after Him, hear from Him, hear His promises, get in hope over it, meditate on those promises, meditate on those things He's told you, then we got to believe that God will support what he said. And we stand in faith and we hold it. Because just because we believe it doesn't mean it manifests right there immediately. Sometimes there's a perfect timing to that thing. And you, that, but just because it don't happen the moment you say, I believe, doesn't mean that it's not in transit. The moment you say, flip the switch of faith, that thing from heaven starts working on manifesting in this earth. And because we've heard from God in the first place and we're listening to what He's told us and not just making something up, love empowers that thing and it starts to work and all of a sudden the thing that you hoped for 
comes up in your life and becomes reality. This is the will of God for us all. In every promise He's ever made to any of His children, God's not a respecter of person. It's just a matter of we haven't known how to necessarily grab a hold of it and do what He wanted us to do the whole time. Or the reasons why to do it. We've tried to do it outside of love or tried to do it at the wrong time without seeking Him on. Is now the time? And here's the thing. Hope is the light bulb. Faith is the switch. Love is the power. Love, we defined it a few weeks ago and we came up with this definition. Love is a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God. And let me back it up and put it this way. Love was made manifest to us. His name was Jesus. Love made a choice to come. Didn't have to. Not only did love make a choice to come, but when he was in the garden and he really did not want to go to the cross, he made a commitment that I'll go no matter what. He was committed to the choice that the Father had made. He gave when we didn't deserve it. It was not conditional. Well, if they do good on earth, then I'll go help them out. That's not what God said. He said, they done messed up, they're awful, he says they're sinners, they're helpless, and actually they're enemies. That's in Romans 5, verses 6, 8, and 10. They're sinners, they're helpless, they can't help themselves, and they're enemies of me. And he said, that's when I sent Jesus. It had no condition on where you were at or what you were doing. Thank God. So love made a choice, love made a commitment to unconditionally give for God so loved the world that he gave. But then we saw Jesus that he never moved. He said this over and over and over and over again. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will keep my commandments. Well, keeping his commandments means we need to hear from him. Then, be obedient to that. So love is a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God. So here's the question. You see the promise for yourself in the Word for this year, for 2015. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit put it on my heart to tell you this is what's available. You heard the Word that came through this morning. We're going to worship Him as a body and, and God rewards those that seek Him. Watch this. That's a word from the Lord. Now the question is, what are you going to do with that? He's given you something to be obedient to. He's given you a choice to choose to go after and have it light up in your life so that it can illuminate the people's lives around you as well or not. Are you going to choose to take the promises of God and build hope in them? Are you going to choose to be in faith over that? Are you going to choose to operate in love in those promises and every other promise that He brings your way or every other command that He brings your way? Are you going to be committed to hope? Are you going to be committed to faith and not drop it? Am I going to be committed to stay in love even when I don't feel like it and it's hard? Are you going to be committed? Are you going to... You see, a lot of times people will rate this because I'm going to be the beneficiary 
of a, of a promise, a lot of times people are saying, well, this is just mine and, and, and I need to be humble. But see, if God gives you a, prom, a promise, then the humility is following and having the promise manifest. It's not humility to say, I see the promise of God, I see that you want this, and then push it away in a false humility. That's false humility. The promise, it, it's kind of like this. If I, if I say, man, this is the best recipe for cookies I have ever had in my life. When you eat this, they are going to melt in your mouth, and you are never, ever going to want to eat anything else but these cookies. This recipe, nobody else has it but our family. You really, really want this, Roger. Awesome, right? Now, see, Roger's got the right attitude. All right, now give it back. Give it back. All right. Now, this time, don't take it. This is such a great promise, such a great recipe, such an awesome thing. You really want this. You're never going to taste anything better. Now, if he says no, how do I feel about something that I hold so valuable? Am I hurt? So the best thing that he can love is... Do to love me when I'm offering him something that's in my will, the best thing he can do is receive the gift. You see, you don't have giving without reception as well. This is very important to understand. And so here's the other thing. If I love him and he doesn't get to partake of that recipe, not only does he not trust me and that hurts me, but now does he get to benefit from the recipe? Nope. But now, let's take it a step further. He may have friends too that if he would have tried it and enjoyed it, now he would share it with other people and they would be blessed too, but now they can't either because he didn't receive the promise that was in the love and heart of God in the first place. Are you going to make a choice, a commitment, give yourself to the will of God unconditionally, no matter how you feel about it, in obedience to the Lord over this year and be the light. Let the light of God shine in you through His promises. Let the light of God shine in you. Let's go back to that Scripture and read it one more time in Isaiah 60. Arise, shine. Arise, shine, Jerusalem. Let the light shine. For all to see. This is commandment. Are you going to be obedient to this or not? Arise, people of God. Let your light shine for all to see. For the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth. I'm telling you, darkness is covering this earth right now like never before. And what it needs is the light. It needs the light that you produce by allowing God to shine through you. But the glory, darkness covers, but the glory rises and appears over you. Will you believe that? Will you receive that? Will you make it yours? Will you have it? Will you take possession of that promise? Lord, I, your light needs to shine. I, if nobody else will, I will be a beacon for you. I'll be a beacon for you. I'll make the choices. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Will you choose and commit to give yourself unconditionally to God this year and let Him shine in your life like never before? Will you be the light?
Jeff, come on up. Jeff and Tara will be up here to receive anybody that's new or has any prayer requests. Uh, Barrett and George, will y'all stand over here? And as Jeff closes out and as he prays, if you have anything, if you need to recommit your life to God, if you need to know Him, if you need healing, you need some light to shine in your life, then just go to these guys and let them pray with you. Let them, let them help lead you right into that place where the light of God is shining in your life. It's not them, but it's God. But they're anointed to pray over you and for your situation. I don't care what it is. Maybe you never met God the way that I'm talking about today and you need to. Maybe you've met Him like that before, but it's been a long time and you need to recommit to that. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you just need some, some wisdom in a situation. It doesn't matter what it is. Just come on up and let one of these groups pray for you. If you're new here today, you've never been here before, we have a gift for you and we want to get to know you. So come and see Jeff and Tara. And as he prays and leads us out, just receive for this year. Let's just stand right now. Receive for this year everything that God has for you so that you can shine in the fullness of the light of God. Lord, we just thank you so much for this church, the Church of Boomerang. We just thank you so much for the word that you've given through Pastor Brian this morning. We just give you thanks and praise for that. Holy Spirit, just work in all of us right now. Make these, make these words real and alive to us because we know your word is alive. We just ask your blessing on each of us now as we go out into the world through the coming week that we just live out faith and hope and love. Thank you, Lord. We ask your blessing on 2015 for each of us starting today starting with the promises of God, starting with that promise that you gave us in Isaiah 60, that we will be abundant. All of our paths will be abundant. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And we ask your blessing on us as we go out. Bless every life. Make those words empowered in each of us this morning. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, okay.